What I want to do now, team, is talk about the second half of today's call, which is considerations for weight loss. Now, there are certain people in here that, I need to stand for this, there are certain people in here that are aiming for weight loss as their goal. Doesn't need to be everybody's goal, but it is for some, and that's cool. Now, what if you're not seeing progress? I want this video to serve as a little bit of, um, oh my goodness, I can't even think of the term, expectation management for weight loss. Now, in order to, pro to get weight loss, in order to lose weight, you need to be in an energy deficit. Whether you track calories or you don't track calories, inadvertently, you will be in a calorie deficit. The word calorie such an, get, gets such a bad rap. It, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't, whether you track or whether you don't. Ultimately, you will be in a deficit of energy. Calories, energy in. Calories is the unit of measurement for energy. Now, there are two ways that we can bring that about. Number one, tracking. Getting your phone, getting a tracking app like NutriChecks or MyFitnessPal, whatever, and then tracking everything through there. On the other half, you've got more of a habit-based approach. Okay, what does that mean? Well, that's looking at your portion sizes, your regularity of eating, your frequency of eating, the time of eating, what sort of foods you're eating. It's a bit like, in the sense that calorie tracking, you're inadvertently going to be doing these things because you're tracking everything anyway. You're getting an actual metric from it. Because on the habit-based approach, there isn't necessarily that depth of metric. This is what can slip people up. Now, I think I need to just be relatively blunt here and say people need to get to grips with what their goal is. If you don't want to lose weight, don't. I hope that makes sense. Because there are some people that just, maybe it's just not a priority for them. And that's cool. That's fine. I do think that um, weight loss should be a second order effect in whatever it is that we do. You know, our value is not dictated by our weight. Something else is. And that's cool. We should be working on that something else. And the weight comes down naturally. And that's cool. That, that's a second order effect. That's exactly where weight loss should be. But if we are trying to lose weight, clearly we're trying to make ourselves better. So we are doing strength training. We're maybe getting out on a couple of runs. We are working on ourselves in some sense, and that's the priority. And the second order effect is putting a little bit more attention into actually then losing weight, whether that's losing weight from whatever part of your body, bearing in mind that you cannot spot reduce fat. You can't just go, I wanna lose weight on my legs and start doing leg exercises. Doesn't work. You need to be in an overall calorie deficit, and wherever your body stores fat is where it's gonna lose it from. Now, if it's not working for you, then the calorie deficit as a whole is not working. Now, I'm trying to say this without sounding, I feel like some PTs and coaches on Instagram can sound a little bit condescending on this and just saying, you're not in a calorie deficit, mate. Well, that's not really helpful to anybody. But we need to understand that if we are not losing weight after four to five weeks, then we're probably not in a calorie deficit, in which case we need to address something. Because again, that's completely cool. This is why it's super important to keep a, a training diary or a nutrition diary as to what it is that we're doing. So we're tracking the metrics every week in the same day, the same state, post-toilet on the same day, you are weighing yourself. Brilliant. That's the one metric once per week. Don't need to do it every day. But if we're looking at those past four or five numbers, they're not going anywhere, then we need to think, well, why is that? Okay, this is where tracking can come in because we can look back and start and look at our track and go, hmm, I haven't been in a calorie deficit ever. Right, cool. Whereas if you're on a habit-based approach, 
Maybe you don't have that log, which is where I urge you all, if you're in this boat, and even if you're just focusing on training, keep a training diary. Keep a training diary. And then if you're looking at weight loss through a habit-based approach and you have a training diary, at the end of the day, or as you're going through your day and you do it in your notes app on your phone, I want you to go in there and say, breakfast, I ate this. Lunch, I ate this. Dinner, I ate this. Snacks, I ate this. And write them down in the notes app on your phone or in your diary. Try and do them as soon as you can in the day because then you're going to get more accuracy. If you're sat there in bed at the end of the day kind of going through, it's likely, not always, but it's likely there's going to be some inaccuracies. Once you have done that, you have started that then journey to more accurate tracking. There are certain things that are going to influence weight loss. And this is where weight loss becomes fascinating. Now, sleep, stress, hydration, nutrient quality, nutrient density, um, hormonal fluctuations, including menstrual cycle, menopause, um, all that sort of good stuff. Again, all of these are going to influence weight loss. The one thing that you can control is your adherence, i.e., what is it that I'm trying to do? Am I actually doing that? And I want you to be quite critical with the snacks that you're having between meals, but also being critical with what your meal breakdown is. Um, am I hungry in the morning? Yes or no? If the answer is no, don't eat. You are probably, um, if you're not hungry in the morning, you're probably better off doing something like intermittent fasting because there's no point eating if you're not hungry. Make sense? And intermittent fasting is not, you know, it's not a cure to anything. It's not a miracle. It's a good way of reducing your caloric, your window to eat food. And that's cool. If you are hungry in the morning, then that's cool. Have breakfast and standardize it. At least Monday to Friday, you know, on your working days. Working days have the same bloody breakfast every day. Same size, same portion, same stuff. Evening meals, plan them, write them down. Monday, I'm gonna eat this. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I speak from experience here that it makes your shopping a damn sight easier because I haven't done that in our house this week and I went shopping this evening and you buy more stuff. It happens, it happens. But if you're serious about trying to lose weight, you have to get, you have to get in the mindset of this isn't gonna be easy. If I've lured you down the track of thinking this is gonna be easy, I'm sorry, but I'm trying not to. It's gonna be difficult. There are going to be times where you're hungry. There are going to be times where it's just like, oh, all I want to do is eat an entire pack of cookies. And this is the process of forging, not the body struggling to eat a lack of calories, because it won't. The body can do far more amazing things than we give it credit for. This is your mindset saying, this is bullshit, I want to eat some cookies. That's your mindset saying, ooh, biscuits. That's your mindset going, ooh, I could get a Nando's instead. That's your mindset going, I just want some toast, cereal, whatever. Shut that noise up. You know? Shut that noise up. It'll come. And there are times where you need to allow that to come a little bit because, you know, you are going to have stressful days at work because we do all have jobs and, you know, that's cool. And you need to make those allowances for those, um, I'm losing my words this evening. For those, um, oh my goodness me, the word's just gone, I'm so sorry. 
No, it's gone. You need to allow for those elements of stress in your day. Well done, Ben. We brought it back. That was painful, wasn't it? I bet that was painful to watch. Because work is never always easy. Life is never always easy. Kids are never always easy. Dogs are never always easy. Partners are never always easy. You know, life is never always easy. You're going to come home one day and you're going to find a parking charge ticket, true story, in your post. That's going to stress you out because you've got to pay for that. And it's like, oh, what a misjustice. And then you want to fight it. Well, then that's going to lead to eating more comfort foods, goodies. But if we have a plan, you will stick to the plan. And you'll find another outlet for this frustration. And hopefully that'll be going for a walk, sitting down, talking to your partner, brother, sister, dog, whoever it is you share a house with, don't really care. You're going to find another outlet for this frustration so that that outlet is not eating cereal. Because if we have a plan, you have standardized all of your breakfasts for your working days. And I'm going to focus on the working days here. Standardized breakfasts, if you're eating them, you have planned your evening meals and you have filled your fridge for lunchtime full of variety. You've cooked some chicken. You've got some seitan or tofu cooked up in there. You've got some salad already prepped. You've got some vegetables already prepped. You've got some cottage cheese in there. You've got um, other high protein stuff. You've got some yogurt in there maybe. You know, you've got some things cooked off and ready so that when you open your fridge, you can go bosh, get a bowl, get some stuff. Uh, right, so I want about, what do I want for lunch? Maybe I want about 40 grams of protein and a good lunch, that'd be decent. So I'm gonna start by putting a load of veg and salad and stuff in my bowl. And then I'm gonna be like, right, I'm going for some smoked mackerel because I've got some stuff in there. I've got some tofu, maybe I've got some stuff in there and chuck it into a bowl, Bob's your uncle. Because lunch is gonna be your most mindful meal of the day. Because nine times out of 10, we're escaping work to go and have lunch. And in those times, evening meals can be somewhat rushed and a bit sort of eh, off the cuff. So the most mindful meal you're gonna have is lunch. So if you're prepping it at lunchtime, or if you're prepping it at seven o'clock in the morning before you go to work, you're filling it up with plenty of variety. Okay, so what if you've got a pretty big appetite? Maybe you've got some symptoms of IBS. Maybe you just can't handle three meals a day increase it. Maybe you have four, five, maybe even six meals a day. But again, the caloric, uh, sorry, the caloric values are still going to be there. You're still going to be having the same amount of calories, albeit over a higher frequency of meals. If you're struggling with digestive issues, more meals is definitely the way to go. However, if you're find yourself, if you find yourself grazing and you can't control it for whatever reason, that's cool. Eat four, five times a day. Smaller meals. Small breakfast, small mid-morning, small lunch, small mid-afternoon, small dinner. Stop eating. And stop eating one to two hours before bed. So you've got time to digest before you then go supine all night and lay down. Because your digestive system is gravity fed, right? So if that is the case, and you're struggling with snacking and things, get the snacks out of the house. Go and give them to a food bank if you really need to, to ceremoniously get rid of them. If you feel like you can't control yourself around eating them, get rid of them, and then set up however many meals per day you feel like you need. For the first seven days of any weight loss intervention, 
I do strongly suggest that you somehow track them in high detail. Whether that's weighing a few things out and then writing it down in a food diary because you don't want to use your tracking app, or whether that's using a tracking app, doesn't matter. Because you need to get a grip as to what certain grams of protein looks like. If I say, let's have 40 grams of protein for lunch, and you're sat there scratching your head, you need to figure out what 40 grams of protein looks like. I know that two uh, fillets of mackerel is 50 grams of protein. That's what I have for lunch every day. Awesome, brilliant. You know, if you're going to be having um, yogurt, for example, well, I know on the back of our yogurt packs downstairs, it's 11 grams of protein per 100 grams. So I need to know what 100 grams looks like. I know for a fact that I definitely eat 200 grams because I love yogurt. So need to make sure that you're managing these things. Because if you go, it's a prime example is look on the back of a cereal pack and get to grips with what they say a, um, a portion is. Because a portion of cereal, as per the box, is literally a bowl of pure disappointment. Really is. That is where we need to get a grip, to, uh, get grip of and understand portion sizing. Because we don't want to eat disappointment. But if you're going to eat more times in the day, then you're going to need to have smaller meals. And that needs to be higher in protein, obviously, because that's what we're focusing on, and also getting some fruit and veg in there so that you're getting fiber in. Protein and fiber are satiating. Protein more so than fiber, but fiber is really good for our gut. It's going to slow the digestive system down. So if you're struggling with this, then you have become disconnected with that journey somewhere along the way, and that's cool. You need to bring yourself back on by getting a piece of paper and writing every single thing you decide to put in your mouth for an entire week and track with some form of accuracy what it is that you're eating. Use an app or use a piece of paper, it doesn't matter. Whether you're looking at habit-based approach or whether you're looking at tracking, it doesn't matter. You still need to get to grips with what that food looks like. Make sense? Any questions, team, pop them in the comments. Is it okay to eat Greek yogurt and blueberries just before bed? I mean, yeah, it is. Tony, your journey is not weight loss. So, you know, having some whey and casein protein before bed is okay. Uh, again, if you need to, that's fine. What I'm saying here with not eating before bed is not having dinner at like 9 p.m. and then going to bed at half nine. Because probably 100 grams of yogurt and a handful of blueberries isn't a massive load for your digestive system, that's going to be fine because there's lots of evidence to suggest how whey and, uh, whey and casein before bed is really, really good for slowing the absorption of that protein. But again, it's gonna be a much smaller portion than considered to whatever it is you just had for dinner, for example. You know, it's, think about the society that we're in right now. This is why intermittent fasting does work quite well for a lot of people. Think about society, the Western society that we're in right now. Up at, let's say at seven o'clock, you're having some toast at quarter past seven, you're going to have breakfast at eight. You might grab something on the way to work. You've got Sharon and her biscuits for tea and toast at 11 o'clock. Then you've got lunch and you've got mid-afternoon snacks. Then you get a bit peckish when you get home. So you have something else. Then you have dinner. Then you have dessert. Then you're a little bit peckish. So you graze on a few things. Lots of people in this Western world will eat non-stop from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. And that's the sort of thing that needs to stop. Because we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. On the whole, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> on the whole, not eating post like, you know, 8 p.m. or, you know, whatever an hour before, an hour to an hour and a half before bed is for you, 
is a really good thing because that's going to give yourself some time to digest. But on the whole, for weight loss, if you are struggling, there has been a disconnect somewhere between where you started and where you are now as to what it is that you're eating. No matter what the hippy dippies say on, on Instagram and social media, weight loss is really flipping difficult if you're just making it up. And I want to make sure that that sinks in. If you're just making it up, and I'm not picking on anyone here at all. Uh, in fact, I'm picking on these idiots on Instagram. If you think, if people are thinking or making you think that you can go through a weight loss journey by just making it up, then the person who's telling you that is one of these gifted people that can eat no matter how much food and not put on any weight. And they've got a fast metabolism. Sorry, folks, I'm, I'm actually one of those people. I can eat a lot of food and I don't really put that much weight on. But am I going to tell you right now that you can just eat whatever you want, man, and listen to your body, man, and, you know, you just lose weight? No. You have to track something. Whether it's calories, whether it's portion size, whether it's photos of food, it doesn't matter. But you need to measure something. Otherwise, it is quite literally like trying to do maths without any maths. You're just kind of thinking about maths and producing it. You've got to get into the books. You've got to understand the numbers. You've got to understand the theorems, the, the formulas, the bits and pieces. Eating really is simple mathematics. Weight loss is easy. Uh, sorry, weight loss is simple, but it's not easy to implement. And you can't make up your way through it. And you don't need to calorie count every single bit of batch cooking. You just need to keep an eye on what it is that you're eating. So, for example, if you are lean and you'll want to lose weight, you have a slower journey. If you are slightly heavier, overweight, pre-diabetic, then you've got a longer journey to go, but you can lose a lot more weight. A faster weight loss journey for you can work. But a faster weight loss journey for somebody who's already lean doesn't because it's just eating away at your glycogen stores at your energy stores and going to make you feel like shit now whether you're unhappy with an element of your body or not you need to understand am i lean am i not because that is going to change how you approach your calorie tracking your calorie deficit and your diet as a whole now as we look at this we need to make sure are we lean okay a smaller calorie deficit over a prolonged period of time is going to work and a bit more creatine and a bit more um, resistance exercise is going to help here if you are not lean and i mean all of this in the greatest respect to everybody but this is just the ones and zeros of of, of, of people the ones and zeros of cases that we're dealing with here then you can deal with a harsher calorie deficit and lose weight faster does that make sense Right team, give me any questions, send them away in the comments. I'm gonna give you 20 seconds to write some comments down. That should be enough time to write a comment. And then we're gonna close off today. I think I might have labored that point enough. Um, give me a feel for, was that valuable? Was that useful? Give me some yes or no's in the comments so it doesn't look like I'm just talking to my wall.
definition of lean. Ah, oh, yeah, cool, excellent. So, definition of lean. What is your goal? Is your goal to lose more than five to seven kilos? If your goal is less than five to seven kilos, you're lean. If your goal is over five to seven kilos, you are not lean. Either way, that's cool. But again, looking at definitions here and looking at goals here, if you're lean and you're looking to lose three kilos, then let's do it over a longer period because clearly the weight loss isn't that important if it's only that small amount. Now I get it. We've got wedding dresses to fit into. We want to look banging. We want to look lean and fantastic and that's cool. But we need to understand there's a lot of different factors that influence weight loss. Remember that list that I put off uh, earlier of stress, of workload, of sleep, of hydration, of fiber intake, of protein intake, of carbohydrate intake, of exercise levels. Unfortunately, they come into a heck of a lot more play when you are lean. Losing weight when lean is a little bit more difficult. It's not impossible by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a different approach, which is why nutrition is certainly not a one-size-fits-all. It really isn't. It is an individual case-by-case -case basis with some rules of thumb thrown in there. Thanks, Claire. Appreciate you. See you soon. Cooking veg. Phil's dinner while listening. Perfect. Uh, makes sense. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. Great. I hope you've all enjoyed that. Any other final questions? Last few seconds. Get them in there. We'll give you a last couple of bits and then we're going because it's dinner time. Looks like we're done. I have no idea how long the delay is, so I'm going to give you a last 10 seconds. Right team, we're done. <clears throat> Thank you all very much for your attention this evening. I hope that has been useful. I hope that's been beneficial. I hope it's been valuable. And I will speak to you all in the next call. There's a bunch of other things that I want to come up about um, exercise, nutrition, and bits and pieces like that. I'm gonna start filming them as more content to go into Basecamp. Doing a bit of a rejig of Basecamp to make it more beneficial for you, the users, so that you're more encouraged to go in there and use it. So there's gonna be a little bit more stuff like that. But until then, peace folks, thanks so much. See y'all next time. Have a good evening.